Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review. This time, we're going to double up on the reviews while I talk about both of the Equalizer movies. Having no internet this week, uh, we're in our fourth day of no internet. It's given me time to record some podcasts. And it's also been a great example of why you should still have physical media. You should own movies and music. Because with your internet down, you have no streaming services at all. No music, no movies, nothing. And so we've resorted to discs. I know, 20th century deal, right? Um, but it's been great. You know, we, we stream a lot because like most people, it's easier than to go dig through the movie collection and pull out something you want to see. But when that's not an option and you dig through the movie collection and find 25 or 30 things you haven't seen in a while, then it becomes fun to pick a movie night. And my roommate and I, we started early. Let's do a double feature. Had both of them there in 4K. Denzel Washington and Anton Fuqua's double shot of action, The Equalizer and The Equalizer 2. So Anton Fuqua, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is a director that I first discovered back in the 90s when he directed The Replacement Killers. That was his directorial debut. He went on to direct quite a few movies, including Training Day, which was, you know, won a bunch of awards. Um, Shooter, King Arthur, Tears of the Sun, The First Olympus Has Fallen, uh, The Magnificent Seven, another one with Denzel. He's currently working on a science fiction action movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg called Infinite that was supposed to be out in August, but it's been postponed in next May. But anyway, in 2014, they released The Equalizer, which was an adaptation of the old CBS TV series. Now, obviously, quite a bit's changed <laughs> from the TV series because the TV series was an old white guy. Um, but I got to say, I have always had a soft spot for this movie. I remember when it came out, I saw it in the theater. I'm a Denzel fan, and I just, I like the idea of watching him do the, you know, this was, this was about the time of John a little before John Wick, I guess. Um, and so these kind of action movies were starting to make a comeback, and I was very happy to see Denzel in one. And what I remember then, and what really came home watching it again last night, is how much they elevated the B-movie art form into an A-list feature film. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. Um, reflections, shadows, uh, reflections in eyes, close-ups on eyes, slow motion, um, high frame rate, slow motion explosions. I mean, really pulled out all the stops to ele with all the movie making tricks you have uh, and not using things like crappy filters that we started using in the 90s that made everything look kind of weird. Um, this is a really well shot film, but it happens to be one of those, you know, over the top action movies. And being based on a TV series, I guess they took the storyline and then kind of weave their own story. And I've just always really enjoyed the movie. Never really got to fully experience it in 4K um, with HDR on, and it was a sensational. I, My roommate, I, he's the techie with the giant TV. He would have suspected it was a 4K transfer, and it's not. It's an upscale. So that's how great the Sony transfer is of this 2014 movie. The movie went on to make a lot of money, made about $192, $193 million, and so a sequel was eventually greenlit. And in between, uh, Denzel and Anton Fuqua made uh, Magnificent Seven, which I recently did a review of, and then decided to make a sequel to The Equalizer. And I saw it at the theater and walked out and went, it was good. You know, one of those, but, you know, um, and I watched it again at home, and I still had that kind of feeling, but, but watching it this time, 
back to back with the other movie. The Equalizer 2 is a great sequel. Um, you've got Pedro Pascal in a pretty big role before he was, you know, he was already, this was 2018, but he was just starting to, to catch the public's eye long before Mandalorian and stuff like that. And he's playing, you know, an American uh, compatriot to what Denzel Washington's character was when he was in the service and uh, working for the government. And he does a great job in his role. You, you know, it, it, I won't get into too many spoilers if you haven't seen these movies. Uh, this one also went on to make a lot of money, about $191, $192 million. So I have high hopes that in another year or two we'll get uh, uh, Equalizer 3. I don't see why they wouldn't. Each one's made money. Each one has been good movies. It's They're not quite as action-packed as, say, the John Wick series. Uh, when there is the violence, it is incredibly well choreographed, and it's like a burst of violence out of this. I didn't remember that in the first movie it took so long for you to see his quote-unquote skills. I had remembered things out of order in that movie. And so that movie takes a long time to build up this stoic, quiet character who reads and has a little bit of OCD because he lines up his stuff at the dinner table the same way every night and he has to line everything up and everything in his life has to be organized. And they build all these little character layers on top of it until you find until he gets mad, <laughs> until he decides and you figure out that he promised his dead ex-wife that he would not be that person anymore but he's making an exception for these bad guys and they don't delve into it too much they just touch on it enough enough shadows to the character enough colors to the character to add enough flavor for Denzel to play off that and Denzel is one of our best actors and always has been he's just he's incredible at conveying emotions without saying anything he's through his actions through he's just a great actor and in every role he's in, he inhabits that character fully. And he really is different in this movie. And it's it's great to see. And I just really enjoyed it from the first film. And if that had been all there had ever been, you know, it, they left it open at the end for something else to happen. Um, but it didn't go into the some of like the Liam Neeson cheese that some of his action movies do. The Equalizer pretty much stayed on pretty gritty territory, pretty realistic, down to earth. There's not too many over the top wire effect, you know, flying through the air kind of stuff. It's all pretty grounded in reality, and and all of Anton Fuqua's action movies pretty much are uh, very gritty, down to earth, very realistic action films. He, and he's good at thrillers and action films, and I can't wait to see him do sci-fi. This should be great. Um, so Equalizer 2, you know, I went into it last night, and by the way, it has another fantastic transfer. We noticed um, more so in the second movie than in the first movie, they would use some stock footage of, like, airports or cities. There would be a little bit of grain, and then it would cut back to the actual movie, and no grain at all. Um Equalizer 2 is also a 2K upscale to 4K on the disc, but another... I don't know that I've pulled out a Sony Blue uh, 4K Blu-ray that hasn't been stellar. I there was a lot of grain in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but it's exactly how the movie looked in the movie in the theater. So I don't have complaints. That it's actually a good thing that they don't go in and scrub the grain out and, and scrub away any detail. But you know, grain haters are people who are used to things filmed in 4K, 8K, and streaming on their TVs. Not a fan of old films presented that way, but. You know, I, I like a more realistic presentation, how we saw it on the theater or and or better without changing it, George Lucas. Um, so with the Equalizer movies, they're both upscales, but they both look fantastic on uh, 4K and they sound great as well. Sony, again, knocks the, the transfers out of the park and the movies. Uh, the second one played a lot better watching it 
after. Like any good sequel, as I mentioned recently with John Wick 2, they doubled down on the mythology. You know, they got deeper into his character, who he worked for, what he was doing, other people he worked with. You know, that his past became a little more clear. But still, there's just references to you know, we were killing names on a piece of paper. You know, <laughs> they don't get too much into the politics or the, or the government agencies behind it and that kind of thing. It's just kind of he had these skills and he did this work and he's trying to be a better man. And they also, like in the first movie, movie you have the uh the hooker with the heart of gold that he tries to help this is a a thug uh, in the neighborhood with a heart of gold that he tries to help and there's a few intense scenes that most movies would have probably cut out um they didn't they didn't add so much to the story but they add they added so well they added import to a character who's put in peril at the end but that's kind of a macguffin you know um I know why the scenes were in there is because Denzel feels that he needs to make a difference in young lives, especially young black lives. And there's a, a great scene with this young actor that is 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 scary Denzel, <laughs> is scared straight Denzel. And it's it's amazing. I mean, it's just I so I didn't mean to say they would cut the a lesser filmmaker who's trying to make a B movie action movie would cut out the beats that are drama. You know, and they would stick to the action to make a 90-minute uh, something that you're entertained with, and it's over. Anton Fuqua has been trying to elevate both of these action films to above their B-movie origins, uh, and 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 straight staging them with incredible action scenes and well-filmed everything, but then these moments of drama that do add more the deeper layers to the story. But I know it's a personal mission of Denzel's to have scenes like that in his movies, and I'm uh, great. He's He's an incredible actor. I hope Denzel continues to make movies forever. I, I love watching him work. Even in movies that I wasn't, you know, I, I probably wouldn't see again, still really enjoy Denzel's work. So to go back and talk about the Equalizer movies uh, from 2014 and 2018, 2022, can we get a, a third? I'd be all up for it. We now have a, a solid mythology. Um, he's kind of read his hundred books. That's a theme running through the two movies that his wife, before she died, was trying to read the 100 books you need to read before you die, and she made it to like 97. And in the first movie, he was up to 91. And there's a scene where he takes his ring off at the beginning of the second movie after finishing a book, and you think he's finished it, but then one of the scenes was to go pick up a book from somebody he helped kind of that's part of the equalizer thing. But anyway, I don't want to get into spoilers. I just want to say if you haven't seen these movies and you've kind of put them off as just a, another John Wick or another action movie clone, the equalizer movies, I, I mean, I checked Google and they're 52%, 54% of people like these movies. I'm like, really? I thought they were both really well done. They're really great to look at. And they're just good movies that happen to have action movie souls. So check out the Equalizer movies. They're available now on Blu-ray, 4K, streaming services, and fingers crossed that Denzel and Anton make room for a Equalizer 3 in the next couple years. Looking forward to it. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. Thanks for checking out the podcast and all the links below. And thank you very much for listening.